Arizona, Colorado, Indiana, Michigan, New Jersey, Tennessee, and Virginia. Listen up. WinBet is now live in all these states, and the excitement of Win Las Vegas has finally landed in online sports betting and casino play. From boosted parlays to live in-game offs on every major sport, WinBet gives you the tools to win. Sign up today for your risk-free $1,000 sports bet. Download the WinBet app now or visit wynnbet.com to start winning. You're listening to Building the Broncos with Nick Kendall and Carl Dummler, Broncos Country's leading draft and scouting analysts. Get on over to milehighhuddle.com to sound off on all things Broncos. Checkmark. All right, guys, it is 6.02 Mountain Time, Tuesday night, January 11th, 2022, and we're back. Uh, it's time for another episode of Building the Broncos. Carl, since all these shows, and especially in the morning shows with Scott, when my brain is still not working, I don't, I have to like, what hat am I wearing today? It's Building the Broncos <laughs> tonight. Um, yep. Welcome back, Carl. I know you uh, you haven't been stateside for a second. <laughs> yeah, it's. Uh, I've been living the, the island life for a little bit, and it was nice getting back on the beach, getting a little more tan again. And of course we come home and it's snowing and icy and freezing cold. And my, my sons have never seen snow before. So this is a brand new concept for them. And uh, we walked to our vehicle and my son saw the frozen water bottle sitting in my vehicle and we told him, Hey, get in the vehicle. And he goes, no, I can't do that. I'll turn into one of those. And yeah, they've never had anything below like 60 degrees. So this is very much brand new territory and it's been fun to watch them. We got snowball fight already in, which was really nice. Building a snowman. Got to get all the traditional things in to start off with. And and uh, they're starting to like it, actually. Good. I was going to say, my sweet summer child, not knowing what a winter is like. It's probably not as bad in Kansas as it was in Iowa, just uh, longitudinally speaking. But, uh, yeah, guys, a lot of news today. Gosh, so much Broncos stuff going on. I'm really excited about that. Let's say hello to some people in the chat first. We've got Dylan Von Arks in the house. Sup, Broncos country. Make sure you guys hit that like button on the way in and subscribe if you haven't already. Thank you, Dylan. Subscribe. Facebook, YouTube, all the all above. Bradley Conger in the house. Sup, Broncos country. Potentially great news coming from the court ruling today. We'll get into that. We got Rod TV with the $2 over on YouTube. Thank you so much, Rod, saying Kevin O'Connor will make Jerry Judy the next Cooper Cup. Um, yeah, that's uh, that's the dream, man. That would be amazing. <laughs> Uh, Jerry Judy's going to have to work on his blocking a little bit if he's going to be Cooper Cup in that slot. And also, I mean, for the quarter or for the wide receiver position, typically only ever as good as your quarterback. So if, if he can yeah. get a Matt Stafford in there, he, hell, even, <laughs> yeah, I guess even nice. Jared Goff, that would be nice. Uh, but we'll see. Um, we got JJ in the house. How you doing? Hey, family. Been doing my research and I'm really liking Kevin O'Connell. That would be great. Uh, we got Bobby's in the house. Bobby's Bobby Robbie's come in. What's up, Broncos country? Good to see you. Diamond Rattler has been a second. Hope you're doing well. Mark from Georgia, go dogs. Congratulations, Mark. I was thinking about you yesterday with that game. Did you get to watch that game with the, the kids, Carl, yesterday? Or are you still kind of catching up? I got to watch about the last hour or so. I had a, a meeting at starting at 7 o'clock, of course, yeah. and went till about 9 o'clock. And so I, I got to 2 and then about 10, 10.30, or about 9, 9, 9 to 10.30, I guess, an hour and a half. And it was quite the game. Man, that was fun. You, it was definitely the top two teams in college football were in that game. Yeah, man, it's and uh, it's really a good game. I don't know. I think Ohio State maybe could have given Alabama a run for their money if they did meet up, but uh, who knows? I'm a Big Ten homer, so I just don't think this was that good of an Alabama team overall. Listen up, Broncos country. Tick Pick should be your first choice to buy football tickets because they save fans money by never charging any service fees ever. 
TickPick is the exclusive ticketing partner for the Huddle Up podcast and the Blue Wire Network. Denver Broncos football is finally back, and there's no need to exhaust yourself searching all over the internet to find Broncos tickets anymore. Because TickPick, that's T-I-C-K-P-I-C-K, is the original no-fee ticket site and the only one you'll ever need as your go-to for all NFL tickets. TickPick got rid of all those awful service fees that the other ticket sites charge, which lets them guarantee the best prices on all of their NFL tickets. Don't believe it? If you can find better prices for the same seats on another ticket site, TickPick will give you 110% of the difference in the purchase price. That's right, guys. When we were searching for tickets for the MHH meet and greet for week three at home, Broncos versus Jets, TickPick had us locked down. So visit TickPick.com slash huddle today and use the promo code huddle to save $10 on your first order of Broncos tickets. Um, So Carl, let's get into it here. If I'll let... uh... Scott worked the ones and twos there in the background to see if there's anything in here that we want to bring up. We said hello to some people joining us here, but the Broncos, I guess the most interest, interesting thing is the ownership situation going on right now. Um, the Broncos well, had some, I, I, I don't know. The it's ownership hard to tell what, yeah, it's hard to tell what is the most exciting thing. You know, yeah. like, like you said, new, new ownership pot, m- most likely coming yeah. uh, at some point here. Uh, unfortunately, the bull and name's probably going to be, taken away here pretty soon, which is an end of an era, but it, it's, it's time. Sometimes you just got to move into to a new stage and there's some great names that are attached to it. Obviously Peyton Manning attached to it. You got John Elway attached to another group. You've got a lot of other names that are going to be popping up pretty soon. This is going to get into a pretty crazy bidding war uh, of who's going to win. And it's, it's exciting times as, as a Bronco fan. It's also scary. You know, you could get a terrible owner and, see this team go into the dark ages for a long time. And I'm not trying to be Mr. Down here, but you know, it, it's just, like I said, it's just so crazy. The new coach is getting ready to come. It uh, sounds like the coach is going to come before the owner. They're not going to make an announcement about the ownership until after they get a coach hired. So anybody's thinking owner is coming real soon. It's, it's going to take a little time. Yeah. That's a lot of money. <laughs> Anytime billions of dollars are being exchanged, it takes time. It's not a, Hey, here's, here's my credit card. Go for it. And so, and then, like I said, that probably means new quarterback in the building as well. And it's everything that we've been wanting for the Broncos for the last four or five years here to see the pieces start to come into place that you need to have consistent success moving forward. Yeah, I know. It was uh, Denver Judge Gilman today issued an order on the Broncos case versus the Kaiser estate saying the right of first refusal is no longer valid or enforceable in any respect, meaning the Broncos, uh, can proceed uh, with their sale. And Ellis today was talking about it, that the ownership situation is going to be addressed and they're going to have a, I guess, essentially a press conference. Um, The quote from Ellis is, uh, we're glad to put this issue behind us and move closer to transitioning ownership of the Broncos. While our focus is on our head coaching search, we plan to make an announcement regarding ownership shortly after that hire is completed. So ownership first, but uh, the head coaching stuff is getting, uh, are the ownerships head coaching stuff is first, but then ownership right around the corner. So it will be interesting. We got Michael Ronquillo in the house saying, good evening, Broncos country. Go Broncos. Thank you so much, Michael, for the stars. He came in this morning as well. So you're a real one. Um, a new name coming in here, Ooh. at least for me, uh, Tanner Holsey coming in with the big support here. Um, I'm back. I never stopped. Super, I've never super chatted. Okay, Tanner. Well, the, Thank you. For, don't, uh, yeah, we appreciate it. Never shoot a super chatter on this show, but what's up guys. Let's go Broncos. Hoping for Kellen Moore as our new head coach. Kellen Moore, one of the 10 names now for the Broncos head coaching position. It does seem like it is 
Dan Quinn versus Hackett versus the field. At least that's what I'm gathering right now. But yep. uh, I'm I am skeptical to make any bold claims surrounding what George Payton will do because so far he has been tied to the vest that we did not see in the Elway era. So um, we'll see. I mean, they could have bring on Jared Mayo. He could be the guy that wins it. I I don't know, but it does seem like Kellen Moore is at least getting the interview. I don't think he's a favorite in the house though. Yeah. And I'm always torn on these offensive guys. How much is them? How much is the quarterback? Yeah. You know, Hackett having the MVP as his quarterback, Adam Gase had an MVP quarterback and Peyton Manning, and then he went out and got a job and then he bombed. I don't think these guys are Adam Gase by any means. I'm just, like I said, with the, these kind of guys, I just always worry how much is quarterback. That's one thing I've always loved about like Andy Reed. Every quarterback he's worked with seems to have success because Andy Reed is a great offensive mind. Sean McVay has shown his system works really well, uh, no matter the, the quarterback, and, and he can find success with that offense because he just schemes really well. Kyle Shanahan, another guy. You know, you, you've got a few names out there that have, have a proven record with multiple quarterbacks. Some of these younger guys, they've got like one superstar quarterback. And it, it's like I said, it just makes me nervous. Mm-hmm. I, I'm just a, a nervous Nelly with this whole situation. And it's the unknown, uh, right? Yeah. <laughs> it's fatalism starting to creep in in Broncos country because it feels like they've pressed the wrong buttons too often uh, over the last half decade. So you're just kind of waiting for the uh, the whoopee cushion to go off or the other shoe to drop. But uh, back to the ownership, I think this uh, Travis first. First, Travis. Uh, good evening, Nick Carl in Broncos country. Sad to know that the Bowens no longer owning the team or will not no longer be owning the team, but exciting. How legit is Woody Page's sources about LA in one group and Manning in the other? And two of you, who would you like to see own the Broncos? Um, I mean, Woody has sources. Uh, sometimes Woody likes to shoot from the hip as well. So, you know, sometimes he likes to go beyond, you know, color outside the lines uh, with some of his stuff where the, the reporting and the opinion kind of blur. But uh, away in one group and Peyton another, I think that's a pretty good idea that uh, Woody knows what's going on there. As far as who I'd like to see the own the Broncos, I personally would rather have Manning. I think I just trust his football acumen and mind for the game right now a little bit more than Elway. That being said, Elway has been a part of this organization for a bit and he has more of a business side of things than Peyton does. So if that's what you want the owner to do, then maybe Peyton, but off the cuff, I I would lean into Peyton Manning being the guy. Yeah. I I would worry each of them. have a little bit different worries. Yeah. Peyton, I would worry about him wanting way too much power with being owner because he's used to controlling everything when he's quarterback, he controls that entire offense. He controls every player on the field, what they're doing. How can he handle as an owner kind of being the background guy being more of I'm here to support you than to be the guy that controls everything. That's my little bit worry with Peyton Manning. I love his football mind. I do think that he is because he's a football guy. He's going to sit there and say, I know what it takes to support an organization to get to Super Bowls. That's that's the nice thing that you saw with Pat Bullen. He would go to the coaches, the GM and say, what do you need? I'll get it for you. That's what you love in an owner. And Elway, my kind of worry a little bit is these last couple of years, he just kind of checked out. He just was kind of burned out of football. So yeah. is he going to all of a sudden do that in ownership too, or he's just going to be like, eh, whatever, <laughs> just kind of put it in George Payton's hands, which I mean, that that's not a bad hands to have it in, No, but I, I don't really, I still want an owner that's involved. And so I just yeah. kind of worry about that a little bit with Elway, but uh, all right, we got zone D sports TV coming in here with the $5 super chat. Really appreciate that trade Chubb for draft picks. Start over at edge rusher. 
Keep lock Mariota as backup and look forward to next year's draft plus possible Watson trade. Let's let's break this down one at a time. Uh, trading Chubb for a draft pick. Start over at edge rusher. I am not a proponent of selling low. I think you would be selling low on Chubb right now. And honest to God, him coming back and playing healthy next year for the Broncos is going to give you way more value than what you would selling him right now. What do you think you can get for Chubb? Maybe a third round pick, maybe That's what I was a thinking. fourth round pick, maybe. Um, and then you leave yourself extremely vulnerable at the edge rushing position. Jonathan Cooper and Malik Reed, neither of those guys, in my opinion, should be starting caliber. They're not starting caliber edges in the NFL. Both good backups. Both have warts. I think both are fine. But if either of those guys are as the day one starter and then whatever the hell, who knows behind them, that's not a good spot to be. So I think probably your best, uh, best value with Chubb is to keep him on the roster, uh, see what he can come back next year. And um, there were some more questions there from uh, from him as well. But it's selling, it's selling low on Chubb, not about that. He said, keep Drew Locke and sign Mariota to be backup. I think Mariota w- would win that competition. I, I, I'm actually intrigued by Mariota. Like, if there's any free agent quarterback out there that I think could be better than what the Broncos had this last year, it's Mariota. He has the running ability, so he at least brings that kind of element. He's a highly accurate quarterback. He doesn't put your team in a whole lot of risk. That was part of why he got benched for Tennessee is he doesn't take risks, which I know a lot of people are like, oh, no, here we go. Another Teddy Bridgewater. He at least has better legs than Teddy, Teddy Bridgewater. So he brings, like like I said, some extra elements yep. to the table. Uh, so I, like I said, I think he would probably beat Drew Locke in that competition. But either yeah. way, I mean, you're still playing for 2023. Yeah, I would lock win. Who knows? Um, I don't know if they're going to outright keep locker, get rid of lock. Uh, they should just have a competition between those two guys and let the best one win. It's not what anybody wants to hear, but outside of Russell Wilson or Aaron Rodgers, that's probably the reality of the situation for the quarterback position. This is what we were screaming about last off season saying 2021 looks like a good quarterback crop that remains to be seen. They don't look great off the cuff, but this situation is where we didn't want to be with the quarterback position. It's where we are. At least the roster around it looks pretty good, but it's kind of all for not until you get that guy, right? Uh, so it's going to be frustrating. Andrew Baker coming in. Just love for Nick, Carl, and Scott. Hashtag MHH for life. Thank you so much, Andrew. We appreciate you. That's uh, super nice of you. And uh, always good to see you come around and hang out with us. For sure. Um, so, yeah, let's get into some more of this today. Um, some more breaking. So, any other thoughts on the ownership uh, before we keep moving? Do you think that besides LA and Manning, is there anybody else out there that apparently there is a local group with some money uh, backing them that has some interest? My immediate thought goes to Robert Smith, I believe is his name, was the uh, richest African-American in the United States for a number of years and is based out of Colorado. Um, is, is he one that you're hearing anything on or is it somebody else? It, I think it's somebody else. I think it's the the guy that owns the Dish Network. Which okay. Dish Network, I'm not. How's how's he a billionaire? Because Dish Network's like falling off a cliff, I, I, I guess. I, I guess there's still money there to be had. And I know they do other things with that. Yeah. that organization, but uh, I, I wish it was Robert F. Smith. Yeah. I, I, from what I understand, they've talked to him and asked him, Hey, this is an opportunity. This is your local team. And he said, no, I'm good. So I, I don't know. I mean, maybe that's just him trying to kind of be a little bit covert and try to keep the price down as much as possible. But it does sound like there are a lot of groups that really want the Broncos and this price is going to get really high real quick. And uh, Cody W coming in and saying, if Chubb can't last a full season, he needs to go. He's under contract. That fifth year contract is guaranteed. Um, so as far as him going, you're going to have him 
under roster next year. I could maybe he's kind of a somebody to bolster a trade package for an elite quarterback, but again, you're selling low right now and you don't know. Maybe Chubb is a big part of whoever you bring in as the next head coach or defensive coordinator, too. We just too many questions on that right now, but I cannot advocate for selling low on Chubb right now because it's as low as it's ever going to be. He comes yep. back next year, he's healthy. Uh you know, especially with the secondary looking pretty good. Uh, I think coming back, that's something that I just, I, I don't want to advocate for. And you already are so weak at the edge rushing spot. You can't, you're creating a bigger hole and issue for that going forward, where if Chubb doesn't work out next year, he's already paid. It's not the biggest deal. You move on, you can get a comp pick back for him. But again, selling low on him, unless somebody's willing to offer, you know, a second and a 2023, you know, uh, pick as well, then yes, but nobody's going to do that right now. Right. Like I said, it, it he has his lowest value he's ever had in his career. If you're selling after his rookie year, you're getting first round pick plus. Plus. Yep. At this point, with only one year of control, it's it's not the cheapest contract. It's not the most expensive contract. And coming off injuries and everything else, like I said, he's worth more to the Broncos than he is anywhere else. And you might as well keep him, just see what you got. Maybe things work out and and goofy. Always appreciate that. And uh Thank you. Uh, yes, I, we're very excited about having our kids, and it's it's been a wild ride for sure these last four years trying to get this done. Nick, you've been a part of all of it of since we pretty much started all this, and so I appreciate you being there with me the the entire time and yeah. being here to support me means a lot. And yeah, all of you in the chat as well. It's been been huge for me. But uh, yeah, I'm with you. Keep Chubb. Keep adding to that group as much as you can. You know, maybe you do even bring in a free agent because it does look like the edge group for free agency until, well, unless some contracts get signed. It looks like a decent free agent group. Yeah. Yeah. And then, of course, the draft looks like it's going to be a really good draft for edge rushers. So you're going to want to take one or two of them there. Uh, You got to really retool that group. It's just it's lacking big time. Yeah. Nope. Absolutely. I want to see what happens. I mean, maybe if you bring in a Dan Quinn, you bring in Randy Gregory with him. Uh, cause maybe the Cowboys can't franchise tag him. And then you have Chubb and Gregory with maybe even a first round pick behind him. Um, yeah, that's, that's how much edge rusher needs to be invested in here. It's, it's a real issue. Um, so back to the ownership group, obviously the stuff's going to be settled there. We had a statement from Ellis moving forward with that. My interpretation was that we're going to get like a state of the union address after the head coach, uh, is hired to understand what's happening with the ownership. So it's not going to proceed the ownership stuff, but it could be accelerated now to where we're seeing it in April. Uh, March instead of yep. May. So that's all good news. Um, yeah. I, just getting it uh, and stabilized in direction. We got Cody W coming in and saying Vaughn will be a free agent. Hey, you never know, depending on price and how much he gets nostalgic towards the Broncos. I know he hasn't changed on his Twitter handle uh, that he works for the Denver Broncos kind of thing. Mm-hmm. Uh, but l- let me give a little, I, I think this is kind of how the ownership process works here just so everybody kind of has an idea. You guys can correct me if I'm wrong on this, but uh, first off, obviously the Bolin kids have to come to a resolution on what they're going to do. You got to get seven kids together. If they can't all agree, then eventually just the decision is that they have to sell. And once that happens, then the bidding starts, they take bids. There's no telling how long that's going to last to to see the different groups. And it's highest bid wins is, is the way I understand it. There is no, hey, this is the better group for the football team. It's highest bid wins. Um, And then after that, it goes to the other owners, and they have to approve the new ownership coming in. And I think it has has to be unanimous. So the other 31 owners have to approve it. 
Yep. And, and so that's why, like I said, it, it's a long process. It, it can go fast if everybody's like, hey, we got to get this through now and everybody's motivated by it. But I, I don't think people really want to rush this too much. So yeah. like I said, I think March, April, probably the more likely destination of when this is going to get settled. Yeah, I agree. Uh, Trevor, with his eight kids adopted for his adventure, man. Uh, Carl, you got you got a ways to go before you're catching <laughs> up. Catch up you yeah. Got to climb the standings there. Um, the other news today, uh, I guess let's go with uh, contracts first. Uh, and we got George Fox saying, let's go. Let's go get Vaughn back. Just saying, yeah, does Vaughn want to come back? A, I know that he says he does, but you guys should know by now that these guys know how to play the fans and where stuff that's happening with the, the PR front is different than what's happening with the business side of things. Yep. And maybe there's some, I, maybe there's some hurt feelings with Vaughn. I'm just totally speculating here on this, but like first Peyton said, take a pay cut, take a pay cut. We want to restructure this, take a pay cut. Vaughn says, no, they have a staring contest. Vaughn wins. They don't uh, release and they, they exercise that option on him. This is the last off season. Okay. Vaughn's back. Then Vaughn's traded after a solid start to the season. And the Broncos kind of go on a win, a win without him. So does Vaughn want to come back to a team that is with Peyton and it's a new defense, new scheme, new identity, new coaches? Uh, I don't know. I, I don't know. Also, is Vaughn going to be a scheme fit? You know, do they want somebody who's more of a, a base guy with length that you're more comfortable with playing multiple gaps against the run on the edge than somebody like what Vaughn Miller brings? So there's, there's a lot of factors. If Vaughn is a competitive offer you can get a slight discount on him compared to the, what the league is offering then yes obviously you want to take the value there but i don't think it's a a one for one with uh bringing in Vaughn. i don't think it's a slam dunk personally yeah i'm with you yeah. all right so you wanted to talk what was uh, the graham other part? glasgow yeah graham glasgow uh go ahead and lead us off carl okay well yeah the broncos and graham glasgow arrived at a, a new contract offer so they they reduced his his uh base salary quite a bit down. I think it's down to like 1.4 million now to start off the season. And now he's got incentives to bring it up to maybe around 4.5 million total. And uh, th that's good for the Broncos gives them quite a bit of extra cap money to, to kind of move around and do some things. And also means good chance. Graham Glasgow is a Denver Bronco this next year. I think most of us all thought he would be cut and the Broncos would be saving that money somewhere else. And, move on with the young guys. And I'm very interested though. What does that mean for position wise? Because I think miners pretty much solidified himself. I am the right guard. Now, maybe they sit there and say, let's move him to center and, and we'll kind of go that way. And Graham Glasgow will be right guard, but I'd rather see Graham Glasgow as center. What he played it in Detroit for a year and did really well as a center and keep miners there at the right guard spot. So he's not have to work on trying to get all the calls right for the offensive line. Uh, I, I just, I don't like putting that on a second year player, especially a guy that's still, he's still raw. Like he had some dominant moments and he looks like a future star at the, at the guard position, but he's still got a long ways to go before he has really solidified himself as a long-term answer in the NFL. And I just, I feel like if you move him to center, you hamper that a little bit. Yeah. I, I, some of that depends on scheme as well and the offensive identity. Like if you are trying to play bully ball and displace guys at the, the line of scrimmage, you probably want Moody at right guard with minors at center. Um, just because those guys are going to move bodies more so, especially with a power scheme. Or if you're looking for somebody who's a little bit more pass savvy, maybe then you're looking for Glasgow and Cushionberry in that kind of situation. So 
we'll see how it plays out. Um, I am happy to see that Graham Glasgow did take that discount. I see some people are saying he's still overpaid. I think it was uh, Jeremy in the house saying he's still overpaid um, <laughs> in his opinion. Maybe, maybe he is, but also you were going to have to eat a bunch of dead money anyway. So you're paying him to keep him or you're paying him to not have him on the roster. That's like the, there's not a difference in the price there. So you'd rather keep him. Uh, he can play three spots in the offensive line. And my gosh, the Broncos, the interior offensive line is not great on paper, but I can't think of a group that has a higher floor entering next season than the Broncos do at the interior offensive line. You got five guys and you're probably tap on all their shoulders at some point next season, but five guys, Dalton Reisner, Lloyd Cushenberry, Quinn Miners, Natane Moody, and Ann Graham Glasgow. I would say you're essentially set. And if Ryan Jensen or Brandon Scherf come in and you want to really pay and invest in an elite offensive interior offensive line as like a core of your offensive identity. Mm-hmm. Okay. Especially if you're pairing that with a rookie quarterback. Okay. I don't know if it's the best allocation of resources, but I could understand it, but that interior offensive line with those five guys I feel pretty confident in them going into next season that they're, they're the unit's not going to bottom out. You got yep. depth and you got quality known quality for sure. So you were you laughing at the, the Brandon Scherf just because in Iowa, Plug a little bit, but also, yeah, of course, you got to laugh about that. All right, we got Cody W coming back in again saying the way Vaughn played would have to be a pay cut. Yeah, he, yeah. he's not what he used to be. That That's very noticeable. He did have uh, some great plays in this last game. I did actually get to watch him for the one of the first times like live this yeah. last week, and uh, it was kind of nice to watch him and see the guy turn the corner to make that last second sack to to win the game. Yeah. That was that was pretty cool to see, and uh, you know I, I miss him, but you know, like I said, it, it it's gonna have to be at the right price to bring him back. You, you just yeah. can't overpay a guy just for nostalgia. And all right, we got Travis Weber coming in saying I'm intrigued with O'Connell if he is anything like McVeigh. I was gonna ask Carl, can't the league step in and make a sale happen even if the Bolins can't come to a res- resolution? Yes, they can. The league has made those threats in the past and have said, hey. We need you guys to get something resolved in the near future. And if they don't, then yes, they can force a sale. I mean, they, they forced the sale of the Panthers because ownership was caught in saying some very not great things. Um, and so, yeah, they, they can definitely do that. I, they don't want to, and I don't think they're going to have to. I think I think the Bullens will eventually just arrive at that conclusion. It's time. I think you got six kids that are all in agreement, sell the team, you got Brittany that's sitting there saying, no, that means I don't have this $4.5 billion investment tied to my name. Why would she want to give that up? Yeah. So like I said, you got six of the seven agreeing to it. I think she'll eventually come around and just say, yes, this is the way to go. And yeah. uh, speaking of O'Connell, yeah, it, this is again where McVeigh is the play caller. How much is O'Connell going to come in and be able to replicate what McVeigh brings to the table? Well, it does sound like he's a very intelligent uh, player. I remember when he was drafted by the Patriots uh, dating way back. I think he went to San Diego State off the top of my head. I remember watching him, not like scouting, scouting, but, you know, I was I was still a sicko back then. Um, so he's uh, I think the Chargers, the Brandon Staley requested that O'Connell come with to be the offensive coordinator of the Chargers, and they were denied that. And O'Connell is also the person who scripts the opening sequences of plays for the Rams as well. So he does have some fingers on that. He's not the play caller. Obviously he's not the head of the operation. That's McVeigh. Um, but the fact that O'Connell has that much responsibility, I'm not that worried about. I mean, there's a lot of worries about like Zach Taylor in that situation with the Bengals. And a lot of that offense of what he's doing right now is not exactly what McVeigh is doing or, or has done, but that's a whole totally different discussion with uh, Zach Taylor and Joe Burrow. Uh, but I think O'Connell would be very good. And I really like that the Broncos are 
bringing him in. I, I, if Peyton, he sounds like a workaholic. And the reason they're talking about uh, Vic Fangio so much is like, Oh, we love it. It's like, they're the last first guy in last guy out, like psychopath film grinders. I feel like that way with the coaching search here too. I think some people on the committee are going to be just exhausted by the end. And Vic's going to be like, we or uh, Peyton's going to be like, we got to interview five more guys. Like I'm loving this. Let's get as much as we can. Uh, yeah. So I, if, even if they don't bring in uh, O'Connell, I think it's going to be, very good to kind of get an idea of what's working for offenses in today's NFL and especially the Rams working with multiple different quarterbacks over the last five years. So we'll see how it works out. Cody W coming back in a big question is, was wrong. Just was Vaughn just wrong with Vic scheme. We didn't ever see the Vaughn. We are used to being uh, used to seeing with Vic Vaughn aged a bit. Um, he's not the player that he was uh, leading up to that Super Bowl run. He's still very good. Had that injury that was pretty serious last season. And also, I think the other thing with Vaughn is Vic Fangio's defense loves to live in a too high world where you have six guys for the box numbers. And I think that's, I, I mean, there's, there's just a study release. That's ideal for stopping the run and the pass, the six box numbers. I don't think Vaughn's best at that. I think Vaughn is best when you have seven bodies allocated to every single one of those gaps. So he can be a singular gap player, pin his ears back and rush upfield. Um, and I don't know if that's as, I mean, obviously you can still have to the pass. I don't know if that's as valuable in today's NFL, given where teams are going to limit the big pass plays. Uh, but still Vaughn can get after it. Um, he's playing in a scheme right now that is very blitz heavy. Raheem Morris uh, with Aaron Donald playing, the most snaps ever. I think a defensive player has ever played. It's incredible. TJ Watt and his uh, sacks can, you know, walk off a cliff. I don't care. Aaron Donald's a defensive player of the year, uh, but <laughs> Vaughn, I just don't think he's the best scheme fit for every scheme, especially teams that are wanting to live in a six person box count. Yeah. And you're right. He also likes a lot of his edges to kind of close up the box around the quarterback. Yeah. Not so much about bending around the edge, getting there and quick pe- pressure. Not that he doesn't want that sometimes, yeah. It's just he likes to kind of collapse that box around the quarterback to make them uncomfortable, to force them into bad decisions and bad throws when they get confused on what the secondary is doing. That's what he that's what he loves. And Vaughn, like I said, he wants to be as aggressive as possible about getting around that edge. And there's times where that wasn't what he was called to do. So you're right. They're, they're kind of putting training wheels on Vaughn Miller in, in that situation. And it's just not quite perfect. You, Vaughn Miller still fits every scheme. Let's just say that just there are some schemes that are better for him than others, but yes. uh, all right, I got Tanner C coming in here with the $5 super. Thank you, Tanner. Appreciate that. Uh, would you guys rather Denver go find edge and free agency and right tackle in the draft or right tackle and free agency and edge in the draft? I, I don't think you want to fill an edge spot and a right tackle spot, regardless of what the draft and then just let the draft fall to you. Um, ideally the best players in this draft are both edge rushers in Hutchinson and Thibodeau. So I guess ideally one of those two guys is the one that fall to you in the draft. Um, but you don't want to go into the draft in a situation where you have to lean one way or the other. You need to, the free agency needs to be used to set yourself up. So that way the draft can be purely based on scheme fit, culture fit and long-term thought process with like adding key building blocks at certain positions. Right tackle at edge rusher, both those spots could use long-term building blocks for the next five, 10 years. So you want to be able to take the best talent available on your board at those positions. So you don't want right. to be backed into a corner either way in the draft. Right. And it's hard to know who's going to fall to nine. Yep. Like I said, you don't want to be forced to take a certain position. And you know, there's some great tackles that you'd love to see there at nine. There's some great edges that you'd love to see there at nine or trade back and have some of those guys be available. I don't want to see the Broncos trade forward. That, that's my my one thing I do not want to see in this draft. Yeah, unless no, they, unless 
Aiden Hutchinson falls to like seven and you're like, oh man, let's just go get that guy. You need to, you need to protect your 2023 first round pick. Like it's the most important thing on the earth. Like it's, you know, the Pope in the Pope mobile that nobody's touching that. Don't even look at him hiss. Like, you know, <laughs> because that you, until you find your franchise quarterback, you need to not be trading away future first round picks period. So uh, even if Hutchinson falls, you know, like you seven, that's fine. Okay. We give you a, nine overall and one of our twos and a future three. Okay. That's not a big fall. You can probably still get the guy you want, blah, blah, blah. But also that would be really funny because Scott would probably be really bummed to the Falcons picking at eight and Hutchinson going off the board right beforehand. But still, you need to be protecting those first round picks until you can get your quarterback. So we'll see JJ coming in and saying, love you guys. We love you too, JJ. Uh, I still think we need to consider Clint Kubiak for offensive coordinator. Drew did well in those last five games in that system in 2019. He did fine in those games. It felt a lot like what we saw this season. Just the end results weren't the same, but it was like, you know, the protecting the football, moving the offense, maybe the offense being a little bit handicapped as far as the full field reads and the pre-snap checks for the run game, which the run game kind of falling off there a bit at the end. Uh, But I I think you need to think about Clint Kubiak regardless of Drew Locke. Drew Locke right now is close your eyes and picture Sam Darnold. That's what you should be thinking about with Drew Locke. That's the category of quarterback that he is right now. Um, one where it's like, oh, he's got some talent, but my God, he is a roller coaster. And uh, he maybe you bring him in to compete for a starting gig. Maybe you catch lightning in a bottle. But if you're going into the offseason with any plans about Drew Locke in the forefront, other than a fallback option, uh, you're in trouble. For sure. For sure. You know, it's those last three games, like you said, they they, they brought some glimpses of decent play and, and a guy that could maybe – be a transition player if you need him to be. But like I said, you're not looking at him as your long-term guy by any means. And I keep coming back to this question of what does people keep saying, you know, play to his strengths. Well, some of those strengths are very limiting on what you can actually do offensively. Then if you're having to always do play action, if you're having to play him under center, you have to do uh, get him rolling out of the pocket, you know, all those kind of things. If you're having to give him half field reads, that limits everything that you can do on offense and it makes it easy for defenses to game plan against you. And, you know, it just, he's got so far to go to become a true viable long-term answer for a team. It's hard to see that he actually reaches that kind of level. And, you know, I I don't know if he'll be here next year. He could be a part of a trade package. Uh, Maybe he is the starter. I, I don't know there's so many different ways the Broncos could go with Drew Locke at this point. Yeah, he's talented. He's got arm talent. He protected the football down the stretch. He's here and he's cheap. Um, those are the things that Drew Locke has going for him right now for the Broncos in 2022. Uh, and it could be a similar situation where you bring in a Teddy-esque quarterback to compete with him, whether that be a Marcus Mariota, whether that be an Andy Dalton. Um, but I think he's going to – he'll be in the league for a long time because he has the tools uh, to do that. But I do not see him as a, a viable starting quarterback. I think he's in anywhere from the 20th to the 50th best quarterback in the NFL any given season. So we'll see how it plays out. Travis Weber of our free agents, besides the obvious, who would you try to resign if you were Peyton? Um, besides the obvious, I don't know who is even the obvious off the top of my head. Uh, this, this team, I mean, they already kind of brought back Glasgow for me. It'd be yeah. one of the linebackers, uh, Bobby Massey, and then a defensive back. I would probably lean Bryce Callahan, but a lot of that is going to be dependent on the Vic Fangio scheme, right? So if you're running Dan Quinn, you're going to be running something different than Vic Fangio. So that changes who you'd want to keep of your own free agents. So need need to see what the scheme is going to be. For sure. Otherwise, Gordon, if he's at the right price, wouldn't be a a terrible decision to bring back. 
I can't think of anybody else that really pops off the top of my head that that they need to bring back for sure. Like I said, one of the linebackers, uh, I think you're, you're going to bring back uh, Griffith for sure because isn't he an exclusive rights free, restricted free agent or whatever? Jonas Griffith? Yeah. He's, he's exclusive rights. Calvin Anderson's okay. a restricted free agent. Malik Reed is in a restricted free agent as well. Okay. So yeah, those guys, you're going to bring them back just because they're going to be cheap options as backups or starters, whatever you need them to be. And, and like I said, I, I'd probably sign Jewel just because I think he fits about any scheme uh, because of his intelligence. I think most coaches would really like to have him on the field. And, and I do still think there's a chance you keep this defensive staff. Ed Donatel did actually come out and say, if the Broncos want me, if the new coaching staff wants me, I'll stay. And I think yeah. a lot of the other defensive guys would follow in that those footsteps. And I know some people would be like, we got to get rid of anything that tastes like Fangio. I, I'm not... I'm not against keeping this scheme. (laughs) This is a great scheme. It's a, it's one of the few that actually makes Patrick Mahomes look human, makes a lot of good quarterbacks look very human. And, you know, you like it for your players that they can keep that consistent scheme going. And uh, so I'm very interested to see how they do that. If they get an offensive minded guy, because right now I think they have six offensive guys coming in for interviews and four defensive guys. If they get one of the offensive guys, you know, maybe tell them, hey, this is a good way to, to keep this defense strong. Yeah, no, totally. Uh, we'll see about that. Uh, we'll keep it on this uh, conversation here. We want to get on these other head coach. The Broncos uh, today requested interviews with Cincinnati's offensive coordinator, Callahan. Um, he is was with the Broncos during the Manning years as well, worked his way up, and is considered a young, bright offensive mind uh, ascending in the league right now. Any thoughts on Callahan being the 10th guy? But as you just about to take a drink of water, <laughs> yeah, that's the time. Perfect time. Uh, yeah, perfect time. No, I, I don't mind Bryce Call- or not Bryce Callahan, Brian Callahan. Um, you know that the Bengals have had one of the younger offenses out there and have been pretty darn dominant uh, at times. They've been very up and down, which is going to happen with any young system. And it's been nice to see how they're playing to the strengths of Joe Burrow, and of course Jamar Chase. I mean talk about a home run of a pick. Yeah. I know most people are screaming, go offensive line, but they got themselves a superstar at the wide receiver position, even with his drops. I mean, imagine if that guy next year cleans up some of those drops, what he's going to be in the NFL could e- easily become the top wide receiver in football. And, uh, you know, like I said, they just, they, they've done well with what they're doing. I, some of their run blocking schemes, I'm not a huge fan of, but part of that is maybe just lack of talent too. And I, Sometimes it does seem like they are doing the uh, banging against a brick wall with the run game where it's just not being successful at all, but they do stick with it. I mean, I I guess there is something to say about that at times. I think there's times where you just got to say, okay, this isn't working. We got to figure out something else. It's protecting the quarterback too, though, right? Joe Burrow coming off the ACL. If the run game is not working, what are you, what is your solution? Drop back and make Joe Burrow drop back 60 times. Like I, I don't know if that's uh, sustainable. You got to get the offensive line right, but there needs to be a balance there just to protect the offensive line and the quarterback as much as anything. Um, so, and I know, believe me, I know the passing game, much more efficient, much more likely to score touchdowns, blah, blah, blah. I get it. But um, you got to protect the quarterback too. And you got to make sure those pass attempts are efficient when you do take them. Uh, right. Travis Tarbox coming in evening fellows. Who's your guys's personal favorite as the next head coach Denver Broncos for life. Um, personal head favorite for the Broncos next head coach. This is really a milk toast cake, a milk toast take, but I 
I can't grind tape on the coaches. I can't evaluate them like I do players. So I do have opinions of players because I have the tape in front of me that I can break down in the and the uh, the stats, data, and everything. For coaches, though, there's there's such they're so high up with the overall team that it's hard to have a great take and everything is like hearsay, right? Oh, Dan Quinn, great interview. Kevin O'Connell, oh, he's brilliant. He scripts things. How does that translate? We don't know until we know. So that makes it so hard. Uh, I do like that Dan Quinn has been versatile with his schemes and calls uh, from Atlanta to Dallas, uh, changing what he's done on the back end. No more of that heavy cover three stuff anymore, which if if you come into the AFC West and you're playing cover three a majority of the time, you are going to get killed by Patrick Mahomes and Justin Herbert. They kill cover three defenses. Can't do it. Um, So that concerns me a bit, but I do think that Quinn will at least be an adult in the room. He will be a leader. He'll empower guys around him to be uh, good coaches. So I think, I think I lean Dan Quinn. Um, Jared Mayo also really intrigues me too. Uh, I think that he's really well-respected. He's intelligent. I love what New England is doing uh, defensive scheme wise. Nobody is running that five zero five like they are. It's really unique. Um, so I, I like him a lot too, but again, none of these guys are incredible to me. None of them seem like an obvious home run hire and we don't have every single piece of data like we do for a lot of these prospects or players. So it's tough. Yeah. And it's always weird because you always have these guys that are the big names. Yeah. And a lot of times they don't work out as head coaches. You know, a lot of people, when the bills hired Sean McDermott, were like, okay, that's fine. You know, he's kind of down on our list and he'll, he'll do okay. Well, now he's considered one of the better coaches in football. Sean McVay wasn't a well-known guy until he started really winning there with LA and, making a name for himself. A lot of people are like, no, this guy's too young. He's not ready. So it is, it's so hard to tell what they're going to actually become in the NFL. Um, I like Hackett. I like the scheme that green Bay is running there on offense. I I think Mm -hmm. they've really taken it to a whole new level. Uh, You know, of course it helps when you have Aaron Rodgers running it, but I really like the way that they just, they're, they're so versatile in how they can beat you. Mm -hmm. And uh, I would love to see that for the Broncos, especially keeping that strong run game uh, because I'm in green Bay. They run the heck out of the football and do well with it. And he wide receivers are trying to get the ball to, but you obviously still have your number one guy that's getting his, his time, his opportunities as well. I think he does good at scheming guys open. So it's just, it's hard to tell. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, we also got Spencer coming in saying, uh, I think Peyton's going to make the right move. I think that's the overall thought process here for me as well. I trust Peyton. Uh, I hope that nepotism, no cronyism, that's the word I'm looking for. doesn't lead too much into this. I know that with like the Gannon situation, bringing him in for an interview, it does sound like that Gannon was brought in more to give his name a little bit more boost going forward, more so doing a favor to him than uh, the Broncos itself, which makes me concerned. I don't like that kind of situation. I get when you're in the position of power, I would probably do that for my buddy too. But as somebody who just cares about the bottom line for the Broncos organization, um, don't love to see that. Uh, But overall, I think Peyton's going to make the right move. And I hope that he understands the weight of this move as well, because this does fall on his shoulders. Uh, with the ownership situation coming afterwards, you own this, which is the situation you want, probably with your Peyton as well. But if he gets this one emphatically wrong and the Broncos are like five and what is it, five and 12 next year or something, Peyton, sorry, you're what is it, year two for you? You're gone. You made such a terrible head coaching hire. Owner comes in, it's like, I, I don't like what you're doing here. See yeah. ya. Uh, so, gotta, gotta make sure that you get this one right. I think Peyton would re- not have it any other way, but still, it's a, uh, it's a concern. There's a lot of weight to this head coaching hire. And as much as we make about it, it probably doesn't matter a hoot matter, a single hoot, unless they figure out the quarterback position because for sure. 
God, it's hard to win in this AFC West. For sure. And, you know, I, like I said, I, I really love one of the things that's a part of this coaching hire is some of the names that they have brought in. Like you said, it's not that they're actually bringing them in to be the head coach. Some of them are, hey, let's see, could they be a coordinator for us? Could we go and bring them from, you know, like a, a Jared Ma- Ma- Mayo, uh, from linebackers coach to defense coordinator? Yeah. That would be a great hire for the Broncos because he's a future ascending star at the, the head coaching spot. And so it's nice to see some of those and maybe they do hire him for head coach. I, I don't know what we'll, we'll kind of see how the interviews go, but he, he's casting that wide net and he's, he's opening up a lot of options of how you can make this entire coaching staff work. Mm-hmm. And that's what you love to see. I, I think Elway got too narrow focused, especially towards the last couple of hires. He just, he said, nope, I just want about three or four guys that I really, really like. Let's bring them in for interviews. I've already gotten my guy that I think is going to win this. And he didn't really let much sway that. You know, like I, I heard Kyle Shanahan's interview was just off the wall amazing. And they just said, no, we still, we're not going that direction. And yeah. that was tough to hear. If a guy interviews the best, <laughs> I'm sorry, go ahead and change your mind. It's okay. Yep. Yeah, I agree. I mean, that's that's what you want. Uh, you want to go in with an open mind and try to retain as much information as possible because it's not just interview to see who's going to be the best coach of the, uh, the Broncos, right? Like it's also to glean some stuff from other teams across the league to see what's working because obviously stuff, especially for the Broncos offense and special teams has not been working. Why is that? What's working with these other teams from the evaluation to the practices to the getting these guys in the right position? So it's a lot. It's a lot for Peyton. But again, talking about how much of a workaholic he is, I think he loves it. He yep. is going to be living it. I think one reason he was so sad to get rid of Fangio is he didn't have his buddy there at midnight anymore to you know have snacks with and grind some extra film. You want to watch a Moorhead State game with me? Was, Hell yeah, Vic, come sit down. Um, we got <laughs> Kapalua coming in here. Kapalua 7 saying, honestly, not sold on Peyton yet. Shouldn't be sold on anybody yet. We'll see how it plays out, especially Peyton. You just got to gather more data. He has a lot to prove. He really bungled things with the signing of Bridgewater. Um, I'm going to push back against this Bridgewater uh, comment here um, because Drew Locke was really bad in 2020. You can make excuses for him if you want. That's fine. But he didn't do anything in 2020 to go into 2021 as the de facto starter. Uh, So he needed to be pushed. Maybe you can say that it was a bungled job by the coaching staff to pick. Bridgewater to start over lock. I won't fight on that, but giving what was it a six round pick for Teddy Bridgewater for $4.5 million against your cap. That is such a easy low bar move that uh, I don't think you can say that it was a, a bungle. Uh, the only move that I would say was a bungle this off season. I guess we'll find out about the quarterback position with uh, Patrick or Patrick Sertan versus Justin Fields and Mac Jones. But the only one I can say that I'm like, I wish we could have that one back is the Kyle Fuller signing. But even then, it was just a one-year deal. So it's like, it's not that big of a deal. I think he did pretty good his first year. Yeah, yeah. It's most of his moves really did work out well. Yeah, And especially, like I said, the draft nailed it. Uh, maybe that first round pick, like I said, we might be questioning that as we move forward, depending on what they do at the quarterback position and try to solve that problem. Yeah. And But otherwise, I, I'm pretty impressed with what he did for, for a first year. And especially, I do think there was some almost kind of sitting back I want to figure out what this team is before I really get aggressive and get going in the right direction. Uh, because I mean, he's kind of handed another guy's team and had to make his little bit of mark that he could. And I think his mark was, was good in the right direction for this team. But uh, all right, I got Travis Tarbox coming in saying Joe Ellis squashed the Shanahan hire. Yes, th- that is part of it. Yeah. And you know, again, that's where, 
the change in ownership is going to be hopefully a good thing. You know, it doesn't mean that the next owner is not going to do exactly the same thing, but you just never know. I, I do. I still think Elway, if they finally got down to the conversation, probably still would have gone away from Shanahan. Yeah. I, I think they, they really had made up their mind pretty early in that process, even before the interview started. Yeah. Uh, we got Travis coming back and saying, I believe Peyton is doing or had his due diligence with how promptly relieved Fangio of his duties. Uh, good point. And we'll make the right decision. Hoping the new head coach keeps Munchak collar and the wide receiver coach. We'll see if Collar's even going to be around. Um, there's is some talk that he might retire. He's getting up there in age. Uh, so we'll see Munchak also another one who they might have some retirement issues, but uh caller for sure. I've heard that name thrown around as somebody who might be retired. There's some other guys who deserve some praise too. red herring. Curtis Mockins are two very good ones. Um, there's the defensive backs coach as well. Who's it's Curtis page. Maybe page sticks out to me um, is somebody who's gotten some, some high talk as well. So we'll see. I mean, heck at Donatel still on the staff. So who knows what's, who knows what's going to happen there, but uh, thank you very much for the support and the comment there, Travis. For so, sure. Carl, we don't have very much time left. Who are your top four names? Give me your top three names. And we got uh, stars coming in from Jacob Foster first. Thank you so much with these star. Maybe even a super sticker there. Thank you so much, Jacob. We appreciate you. Uh, your top names for the Broncos in this position for the head coach. So Dan Quinn would be up there. Just guy that actually has experience. I, I said going into this process, I wanted somebody that this is their second time around. He's the only guy on the list so far that has actually been a head coach before. Yep. And and I, I do like that. I think guys learn a lot. Like I said, he took that year off, came to the Cowboys, was willing to change up his defense. Mm-hmm. I like that. I like that it shows, hey, I realize I made some mistakes along the way. I got to be willing to adapt. Yep. That's huge. That's what you need in your head coach too. Uh, and so I, I do like him as one of the, the top three options. Like I said earlier, I would probably have um, ha- Haskett up there as well um as one of my options and hackett? maybe hackett yes yes sorry hackett <laughs> i i was trying to combine haskins and hackett and it yeah. just was not going well and then probably oh man i, I guess i'll go kellen Moore. okay i don't i don't hate that at all um for me i i see eddie's coming in here with the comment of uh flores being the guy um, the thing to know about Flores is that him and the general manager didn't seem to get along. Chris Greer and Chris Greer and George Payton are like best friends. So I do not think that you're going to see Flores come here because talk about friendships like Greer and Payton go way back. Those are two dudes. Yeah. So Flores would be a good fit. I think Flores is destined for the Giants. Honestly, that'd be a great fit for him with the defensive pieces. They have the top picks, too. Uh, I would love to see Flores get a shot in New York. Uh, my top three would probably be uh, my number one would be. Hackett, I really like what they're doing offensively there in Green Bay. I know you're not guaranteed to bring Rodgers with in that scenario, but like even without Rodgers, I'm interested in what they're doing with that wide zone spread. Even like the RPO looks with the backside like slant. I mean, just give it to me. I, I love what the Packers are doing schematically. It's beautiful. Um, so I'll take him first. Also, I like the stability of the head coach uh, being an offensive guy because you're not going to lose that identity. It's probably more so paired with the quarterback, but still, I don't want to lose that identity year after year for the offensive side. Um, so that's one that's, uh, he's my number one. Number two would be Quinn, uh, adult in the room leader, assist the ownership situation and everything going around is not going to be too much for him. Cause he's been in that situation before. He's not going to be learning on the job. Um, also I think he does a great job of empowering those around him, picking good assistance, which is so important. I mean, Vic Fangio might be the best schemer and grinder of tape in the world, but if he can't pick good coaches to surround himself with and, and put those guys in a position to succeed, he's not going to be a good head coach and he's out. So, um, he's, that's the next one. 
Then after that, for me, it's going to be O'Connell. O'Connell's going to be number three. I really think he's what he's done offensively, his bind. I want that quarterback play. I, I need better quarterback play. If they can use Jared Goff and get him to be a top 15 quarterback EPA per play, then God bless. That'd be amazing. Jared Mayo, though, I do think he's a very interesting candidate. I think that it's not a throwaway interview by any means. I think there's a yeah. real chance that he can come in and wow them. Yeah, for sure. I, I've watched videos of of him with his players. Yeah. Man, players love talking to that guy. And yeah. I mean, he's a real player's player yeah. uh, because he's been there. He understands it and just very excited guy. And I, I loved he's he's I think he did an interview and he said, uh, my family grew up where we put all the eggs in one basket. And if we failed, we just started making a new basket kind of thing. Like it just was a really cool interview to listen to him. Just talk about we're going to go for it all. And uh, I did see another name. Peterson has not been officially wanted to come to the Broncos for an interview yet. And it doesn't sound like the Broncos have officially reached out. They're talking about it. And I think there would be interest, but that's why I didn't include him. If, if he is actually interviewed, Peterson would be in my top three. Yeah. Yeah. I don't know if there's anything there uh, with Peterson, but we'll see. Uh, you still got a chance to interview him. You still got a chance to see Jim Caldwell come in for an interview as well. So it's going to be interesting um, at what happens. Uh, with that position. So any uh, final thoughts here before we get start wrapping on up, obviously we have the head coaching stuff and we'll let the, the chat kind of dictate where we're going from here, but anything else on this uh, the topic of the head coach, is there anybody that's the, you do not want anything to do with Gannon would be one. Okay. Just his defense got better this year. Yeah. But some of how he was calling games just drove me crazy. It was yeah. So vanilla, a lot of just we're going to play complete, almost like prevent defense and have things wide open underneath. And teams, I think there was like five games where quarterbacks completed 80% of their passes. And uh, it was just it was kind of a very up and down. And I, I just I don't I don't want to see that here in Denver. And I, I just I hope that his connection to Peyton doesn't play out in that direction. Yeah. Uh I can't remember his name, but the defense coordinator for Detroit probably be one that I would not be all that interested in. Uh, that's Aaron Glenn, former yep. first round pick defensive back for a number of years. I think he might've even played for the Texans. I remember him like one of the early video games that I had um, Glenn as well. Yeah. He's definitely one. I am. I don't want Eric B enemy. Uh, I don't think that he is the, it sounds like from people covering the KC beat, they, they are really trying to propel B enemy as well. And it's not that B enemy is not a good play caller. It's more so that he is a, they want to keep Kafka. They're afraid that they're going to lose Kafka. So they want to promote Kafka within and be enemy spot uh, opening, moving on from be enemy to keep Kafka. So Kafka's got to keep your eye on there. Will be interesting to see if he plays out. Um, and I would, heck, I would be interviewing Kafka as well. If he's this, uh, this intelligent and uh, well-rounded, I'm not interested in bringing in, like you talked about Aaron Glenn for me, doesn't really do it for me. Jonathan Gannon, not interested. Eric B not interested. Um, also, Luke Getze, the pass game coordinator for the Packers. Again, I think that's more so bringing him in for more of a coordinator spot or just kind of gleaning what they are doing schematically there in Green Bay, which is beautiful. Uh, so those are the ones that stick out to me as a, a yay or, or a nay for me. Yep. I, I would agree completely with that list. All right. Well, Carl, I guess we got to get into it a little bit because uh, we haven't had a chance to talk yet. This is building the Broncos. The Broncos did finish with the ninth overall selection. Right now, gun to your head, who are the Broncos taking at that pick if they have that pick? If they stay there, yeah. Neil makes a lot of sense. Oh, you think he's going to be there? 
<laughs> I'm hoping that he'd be there just because I, I think, especially if the Broncos, that, that means the Broncos didn't get Wilson or Rogers. Yeah. So you're probably wanting your identity of your team to be the bully that just runs people over. So he makes complete sense to put him at that right tackle spot. Yes. He's not the the quickest of feet by any means at the tackle position can get himself. I know he, he's fine. I'm not, I, I, I agree, but he's not the quickest. Um, but you're really viewing him as a guy that's going to be getting downhill, running people over, setting that edge, just doing well of just making, making people pay. And, uh, you know, you stick him and especially if you stick him next to minors, I mean, can you imagine those two guys just running together and just clearing a lane? I mean, third down and one, forget about it. That's an easy play for the Broncos at that point. And, uh, so yeah, I, that would be my pick if, if he's there. You're right. Good chance he's probably not going to make it to nine, but that, that's my dream. Yeah, I mean, Scott's over there itching himself, thinking about passing on Evan Neal and starting into the, another year of Caleb McGarry at right tackle for the Falcons. <laughs> he, he don't do that to Scott's mental health. He cannot take it. Um, I think there are five guys that there's there's no way they should be there at nine, given what we know right now. Things could change. Obviously, it's a long draft process, uh, but obviously the two top edge rushers, Kayvon Thibodeau, and Aiden Hutchinson off the board. I'm not even consider them. They're still in the, the top 10 of the big board because they're there, but I don't think they're going to be there. I don't think Evan Neal is going to fall to nine. I don't think Kyle Hamilton is going to fall to nine. And I don't think Derek Stingley is going to fall to nine. Uh, so that leaves Andrew Booth. That leaves George Karloftis. That leaves David Ojabo. And that leaves the guy that I'm going to say here. We're both thinking the same spot, but a little differently. Ike Makwanu. Uh, You talk about wanting to be the bully in the AFC West with all these teams that are, finesse you know throw it around the yard you want to punch teams in the mouth i think aquanu is the best run blocking player i've seen since quentin nelson uh, i mean legitimately just driving guys at the point of attack so strong do want to see what his arm measures that uh but rashawn slater best rookie left tackle we've seen since maybe ryan clady um even like that they didn't that far back 33 inch arm length not as long as he's 33 i'm okay with it isaiah win 33 and i think a quarter and he's only like He's just barely 6'3". So I'm not as worried about that with them. So uh, Ike Maquano, he's the guy that I'm going to say right now will be the Broncos pick at nine. Uh, they could be looking at edge. They could be looking at defensive tackle like a Jordan Davis or something. But uh, I think Peyton just talked about it in his press conference uh, yesterday or interview yesterday, continuing to invest in the trenches, continuing to invest in that line. If you cannot get the quarterback there, then I think the offensive line is the way to go and really build a team maybe similar to the Colts, although they didn't make it to the playoffs this year, this year, similar to the Eagles where you're playing not an ideal quarterback situation. You're still getting it in there because your offensive line is dragging that offense to a top 15 efficiency, even when the quarterback doesn't have the juice. Right. So what percentage would you put on it right now that the Broncos actually pick at number nine? Ooh, God, 50, 50. And it's not just um, the Broncos with trading that for a quarterback. It's also trading back. I think that if they can't, if they look at this quarterback class and they say, you know what? I like a lot of these guys, but none of them are worth the top 10 pick, which God, I hope they come to that conclusion. Um, then trading back would be the best thing they could do unless they're not getting a good enough offer or one of those guys that I mentioned earlier at, uh, for the top five fall to them. Then you're just like, you know what? We want to get good players. Like we can figure out the quarterback. It'd be good to have the extra assets, but like there's no guarantees and we love Evan Neal. So grab him. Um, but that that's the, uh, gotta be continuing to set yourself up for a quarterback. If not having a elite long-term building block with that top 10 pick. I'm with you there. 
I'm, I'm for sure. Yeah. I, I'd probably put it at 60-40 that they're not picking there. 60 wow, okay. that they're not, 40 that they will. Yep. Well, I uh, I hope they don't because that means you're either moving back. Oh, gosh, I say that. I really hope they don't trade up to like four overall and take a quarterback. I will lose <laughs> my mind, um, especially with this draft class. But we'll see. Um, thank you guys for joining us today. Obviously, different opinions going on in the chat there uh, with uh, Drew Locke, such as life which has been this off season, but uh, we're all going to see how it plays out um, as time passes on. Maybe Drew Locke goes on and becomes a franchise quarterback. Maybe he goes on and be becomes Ryan Fitzpatrick. Lord only knows only time will tell, uh, but a lot of exciting things going on in Broncos country right now. It's um, things are going in the right direction. So that will be fun. Um, and we, we got JJ saying, I'm going to raise an army to rid us of Nick and his negative ass i think it's ass my negative ass well sorry jj i don't think i'm going anywhere um but uh you can find me on twitter at, at nick kendall mhh if you want to continue the conversation on there also follow carl on twitter at carl dumbler mhh uh, make sure you're following our podcast account at btb football pod as well as the mothership account at my huddle if you guys like the gear carl's not wearing the hat today carl did you already lose that hat you don't you have no idea where it's at well we dumped off 10 suitcases in our living room and we okay. still have not gotten through them yet. And I'm pretty sure the hat is somewhere in the middle of all of that. Yep. So it, it just looks like a, a tornado hit our house right now. And mm -hmm. uh, so hopefully by next week, I will have my hat back and found somewhere in that house. Well, there you go. Make sure you guys go to huddlepod.com. Check out our gear there. Make sure you're also joining us at facebook.com forward slash mile high huddle and facebook.com forward slash mile high huddle pod. A lot of conversations on there. You can add us on Twitter. I get brought in there probably once a day i know it's mock draft season too so we're our mentions are going to be filled with mock drafts and uh good job guys send, send us those mocks i know a lot of people kind of get tired of them but i love it i love all the different guys and uh thought process and if you guys are engaged with the uh, the draft content then that's even better uh make sure you're going to apple and leaving us a five-star review and a comment that does us a heck of a lot of good. If you guys prefer the huddle up podcast with Chad and Zach, if you guys like the Broncos for breakfast with uh, Scott and myself, if you like uh, Carl and myself, you know, they're all these different shows, Luke, Luke and I, Eric and Lance, all the different shows, different types of flavors. Make sure you go on there. Say who's your favorite. Um, we appreciate that. If you are on YouTube, make sure you're subscribing, liking and sharing to this channel. Uh, you guys are going to be great. Help us so much. Oh, we got some waves in the background um, from our, uh, Scott looks like our producer's daughter is saying hello there. So that's awesome. I won't bring them up because uh, they did not uh, consent to that, but that's going to be great. Um, we got Chase Wellner coming in last second. Chase, hope you're doing well with a super sticker. Um, God, we appreciate you, Chase. $2. That's great. Um, Carl, any other of these ones in here that looks great? We got Todd saying Bronco, building the Broncos is the show for me. Thank you, Todd. Again, <laughs> different different strokes for different folks. It's going to be great. Yep. We'll, we'll see. How, we all want the same thing, right? Gosh, we just want the Broncos to be better and to figure it out. I don't care who the quarterback is. They could be the blindest mofo ever. Um, if they're winning games for us, God bless them. I'm in uh, Nathan saying edge defensive tackle and nose tackle and tackle. Talk about the trenches there, Nathan. You're, you're, Ooh. you are in on the trenches full on in. Um, <laughs> here we go. Carl needs the air tag for that hat. There we go. You're going to lose it. <laughs> well, my kids, my kids love the hat. You know, it's a good hat. I mean, look at it. Look at it on Nick there. It, look, yeah. it looks good. And, so they, they all sit there and say, I want this hat. And I guess I just need to buy the entire family building the Broncos hats. And then we can just walk around as walking advertisements. Yeah, it's a good time. And uh, yeah, so JJ didn't like me being negative to lock. I, I don't know. I try to keep it real. I don't lean into the fan stuff, but we got some people who like it as well. Either way, um, I'm going to say, JJ, you come back. Uh, Capola or what's the name? Kapalua, come back, man. Let's let's engage. I'm not afraid of a, a little bit of different conversation, and that's always a lot of fun. 
You guys are great. We love you. Um, keep at it. We will see you again. Scott and I will see you on his channel tomorrow morning. And you guys obviously will have Huddle Up podcast tomorrow night uh, to take you through your Wednesday. So we appreciate you. Everyone stay safe. Choose kindness. Choose compassion. I know things can get a little bit uh, tough out there, a little bit hurt feelings. But again, we all want the same thing. We want this Broncos team back in the playoffs. Second longest playoff drought in football right now behind the Jets. Uh, we got to write that ship. And I think we're going to write that ship in. Let's think about 2022 as the season that propelled us back in the playoffs, getting things right. So we appreciate you guys. Stay safe. Go Broncos. You've been listening to Building the Broncos. Join Broncos Country's deep divers at milehighhuddle.com to keep the conversation going.